Hi, I'm your host, Dave Kemp, and this is Future Ear Radio. Each episode, we're breaking down one new thing, one cool new finding that's happening in the world of hearables, the world of voice technology. How are these worlds starting to intersect? How are these worlds starting to collide? What cool things are going to come from this intersection of technology? Without further ado, let's get on with the show. All right, so we're joined here today by the one and only Mr. Mark Tucker. Mark, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. Yeah, so uh, Mark Tucker, I'm Lexa Champion, Bixby Premier Developer. I've been doing uh, voice development for the last four years, just uh, been involved a lot of cross-platform stuff, um, a lot of things in open source, but uh, currently I work for a company called Soar.com, and at Soar, we are trying to uplift humanity by helping people understand their strengths and by providing uplifting content. And one of the uh, platforms that we do that on is voice assistance. Um, so we have an Alexa skill that allows us to uh, share that content uh, through our smart speakers and also via a mobile app. Awesome. So with Soar, is this the type of thing, can you give me an example of what that content would look like? And, um, you know, I'm, I'm just curious about this platform. Can you share a little bit about, um, what the content looks like that you guys are building and how it's sure. accessed and all that. Yeah, so we, uh, in, in one case, we've partnered with uh, Sandler, which is a top sales training company, and they have uh, hours and hours of, of content for uh, people that are learning how to, to be better uh, sales leaders and salespeople. And uh, we are able to, on their voice platform, take their content, run it through a, a, a content pipeline, uh, change that into a format that Alexa can handle, um, do transcriptions on it, allow you to uh, do searches and and play that content, whether it's um, on your phone, on on the go with your, you know, um, Echo Buds or in your car with Echo Auto or in the office or wherever you've got that content. Uh, similarly, we have a product uh, for Soar Uplift, which is uh, more general, which is uplifting content where we're working with uh, content providers to provide um, uplifting content and you can set up playlists and, and uh, do other things, but it's, uh, you can search by keyword, title, uh, full transcription, whatever to, to get to the content that's important to you. That's really cool. I love it. And, uh, you know, so I wanted to bring Mark on for this conversation today because the purpose of this conversation is going to be um, to really break down some of the most, I think, uh, key findings, I guess, or the most exciting, um, you know, announcements that came from Alexa Live, which transpired on Wednesday. Um, I was pretty busy that day. And every time I would hop on Twitter, I would see Mark live tweeting it and he was doing a phenomenal job. And, you know, so Amazon released 31 Alexa related announcements during this presentation. Mark covered all of it. And so I thought, you know, who better to bring on to help us to understand what are the most important things that we need to think about. So I reached out to Mark and I said, Mark, why don't we go through the top five of your, um, the, the things that were announced that you're most excited about. So that's what today's going to be all about. So we'll just get started right off the top. Mark, we'll go reverse order. Uh, hit me with number five, most exciting thing from Alexa Live 2020. All right, so great conference, lots of things to, to go over. It was half of a day, but it was fast and furious on the, on the tweeting, and, uh, but just trying to get your head around things as quickly as possible. So just so much 
out there that's going to help the voice assistant be better, um, to help developers make better voice experiences. And in the end, that's gonna help uh, customers who are using um, Alexa devices and, and using uh, voice apps and skills that are on this platform. So one of the things that, uh, that we've talked about uh, you know, as a developer a lot is uh, the quality of audio. So the better the audio content that you have, um, then the better experience it is for the users. So I am choosing as number five, um, something which is Alexa presentation language or APL for audio. It's some enhancements that allow you to take audio content and have CD quality audio, uh, plus support additional uh, formats uh, for that audio. Before short form audio would be done with something called SSML, which is speech synthesis markup language. Um, so this is a newer way of, of doing it, but allows you to take audio and bring it down to the device where there on the device you could, could play this high quality audio, uh, mix it with other audio or text to speech content. Yeah, that's actually, I think a really good starting point, which is, um, you know, okay. So APL, like you said, Alexa presentation language has been around for a while. Um, and so I think this is kind of an interesting new update to it where you're going to have enhanced audio, right? You're going to have like this, you know, higher quality audio. And uh, prior to recording, I actually saw a really interesting tweet from my buddy, Andy Bellavia um, of Knowles Corp. Uh, you know, so he's real involved with the, the hardware side of, you know, in-the-ear devices. He's very tuned into high quality audio and he made a really good point that, you know, as we see Alexa moving into different form factors such as Echo Buds, I think it's interesting that now you have APL that's more optimized for higher quality audio. You're, you're just going to probably expect um, some pretty cool type of experiences that have that premium audio level that's delivered to you, you know, through that uh, Alexa presentation language in these different Alexa skills. Yeah, no, exactly. So great win for uh, the end customer, but also great win for the developer because the way that you would have to do this before is if you wanted background um, audio track with some sound effects and some text to speech, you would need to mix that together, um, like some pre-recorded pre-mixing of the audio content. And then you, if you had various permutations of that, then you would just have this explosion of audio files that you would have to pre-mix. -pre uh, whereas now you can uh, do those separately and overlay them um, and have that uh, mixing happen on the client without having to do all that pre-work. Yeah, no, I love it. Great start. All right, so into number four, hit me. All right, so number uh, four is, is interesting. There's a number of situations where you're using Alexa in a, what I would say on again, off again, or asynchronous manner where you're you're starting some task and then you need to continue the task a little bit later and the way that that happens today is that you would start the app and you'd say you know alexa open whatever the name of your skill is and then you do your thing and then the session would end and then you would come back a little bit later and you say alexa open you know <laughs> the skill again to get to the next step and it's always uh, one it's always user initiated and two it's always like i start from the very beginning to get back to the point yeah. where it was so the the next feature i uh, want to talk a little bit about is is foregrounding and backgrounding okay so what's really exciting about that is that uh, you can start your alexa experience think of um, you have an app that's going to record um, your jog 
Um, and so you go ahead and start your app, but you're not quite ready to leave yet. You still have to, mm -hmm. you know, lace up your shoes or whatnot. And uh, now you're ready to go. You can just say, you know, Alexa, ready to go. And if that's an intent that your skill listens for, then your, your skill is still in the background um, because you told it to wait in the background and uh, for, for more user input. So, so then, then your, your experience starts as like, cool, ready to go. And then you maybe you, you go to Spotify or Amazon Music and you start listening to your, you know, your playlist that you want to play uh, while you're, you're out uh, on your run. Um, but there's, maybe there's different progress points and you want um, different things to happen during that. So your, um, your voice app can wake up and uh, give you some feedback and then go back in the background. So you can have this uh, flipping back and forth. We're used to that when on our mobile phone already, when we're listening to the music and a, and a call comes in and the, 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 the audio pauses and you do your call and then when you're done with the call, then the, the uh, audio comes, the music comes back on. Uh, you couldn't do that before with Alexa and now you can. That's a really another really good one because I love this idea where you have uh, you know that's a really I'm glad you mentioned that piece of, about the smartphone where you're seeing a lot of these um, like the plumbing like it's a lot of the small little minor things that they're annoying in aggregate like uh, they add up in a way to where it mm -hmm. becomes a frustrating experience and so I feel like what we're kind of going through right now, this phase is it's sort of like this piecemeal effort where it's like, okay, we'll patch this up and we'll sort of standardize this and make this a little bit more similar to the experiences that we're used to. And like you said, with the backgrounding and the foregrounding, I just think that's a really good way to think about it is in the same way that we have all this functionality that's just so seamless with our phones where the audio picks up for your phone, you have that call and then immediately when that call ends, wait a second, and then like the podcast that you're listening to or the music that you're listening to resumes. So that's, I think, a really good way to juxtapose this and, and, and a good way to think about it. Yeah, I think a lot of these things would be in a category where I would say where it's kind of smoothing off the rough edges mm -hmm. or, or polishing the silver, so to speak, um, yeah. where you can uh, start getting some additional varied, uh, more natural interaction. Because, you know, you, if, I'm, if I'm talking to you, I'm like, Oh, hi, Dave. How are you doing? We start something. And then later on, I don't say Dave. I don't, I don't have to say Dave <laughs> right. every time I talk to you. Right. right? Um, it's so, the naturalness of it. Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's um, getting towards that um, mm -hmm. a little bit more. Inch by inch. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Okay. Number three. All right. Number three. Uh, this is interesting. So we're talked a little bit about mobile. This is Alexa um, for apps. And the big example that they gave uh, which was was interesting was TikTok. Now, uh, let's say that you're on your phone and you have already have a mobile app, but you want to voice enable that app. Mm -hmm. um, so what they're allowing you to do is create what's called a companion skill. And the whole reason of existence of this companion skill is to take voice uh, utterances or what developers would call intents or what you say and translate that into deep links into an existing mobile app. So what that means is that you can say, you know, Alexa, open TikTok, or Alexa, now search TikTok for you know, some content, or so you know, replace TikTok with whatever your app is, right? Or uh, and also, you know, Alexa, uh, ask TikTok to start recording. So for those phones that um, have Alexa built in, 
or for those devices that are um, able to connect to your phone. Um, I think the, the main example they gave were like the Echo Buds that you're able to then control mobile apps via voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I guess an interesting point on this is that if the deep links already exist to your mobile app, there's no additional work you have to do on the app side. It's all on the Alexa um, uh, side. And, uh, and then there's also, I guess, you know, in that same group is um, adding the screen as an, as a, uh, on your mobile phone as a, an additional modality. Uh, this could be a situation where you're using the, the, the Uber app um, or something with navigation. You can ask for uh, information about a location or where your driver is or, or whatever, and your phone could then deep link and open up um, the app or maps that show where where things are so it's it's allowing inside of the voice experience to uh, control mobile apps or to provide additional context or information on your mobile phone yeah this was an interesting one to me um and i'm i think i think it might be a precursor of something much bigger to come Um, yeah i think so because it's, I mean, it, the use cases are, I think it's really interesting that now it is able to sort of navigate into the app economy, but I found it to be a little bit too abstract, um, which to me kind of leads me to think that this is probably part of something much bigger. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I suspect that as well. There was, there's, def- when, when you're looking at the companion app, which is just this simple, I, w- I want to voice enable this mobile app. Mm-hmm. I, I can see that. That makes sense. Uh, where it gets a little bit more complicated is when you have a more uh, standalone uh, skill that is, that does things on its own already. So then um, does the, does the voice app compete with the mobile app? Mm-hmm. Um, when you're using the voice experience, then and and you you know say play this uh, playlist. If Alexa already knows how to play a playlist, then does it do that? And then wh- where is that handoff? So for example, yeah. maybe I'm maybe in my uh, on my smart speaker, I am listening to a playlist, and I've decided to open up that same mobile app on my mobile phone and list all the items in my playlist. And so then if I tap something on my playlist does it play the playlist from my mobile app or does mm-hmm. it send information to the Alexa skill to play the next item in the playlist um, based on, you know, using the phone more as like a remote control. Yeah. So I think there are, there is some, you know, details that we need to, to have a little bit more information on in order to, to figure out. But I like the idea of, um, having that other modality of your mobile phone and a you know, deep link into a mobile app. Uh, yeah. Lots of possibilities, not exactly sure. Um, you know, all, all the details on that are, and like I, I think he said before, it, it seems like there's more to come in this area. Yeah. I thought that it was like, obviously this could become a really big deal. Um, my skepticism is partly around the fact that, we're talking about iOS and iOS and Android. Um, so this has always been the sort of like the, you know, the, the linchpin or I guess like the Achilles heel for, for Alexa in general is what does it do with the fact that there is no smart native smartphone to tether to? Like if there was the fire phone, then this all would maybe be a totally different conversation. But given the fact that 
you know, what, what my mind goes to when I think about this idea of apps and voice assistants is like, I think about Android and Google Assistant and I think about, and even Samsung and Bixby too. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and Apple and Siri, it's just, uh, it would seem that, you know, for them, they could natively sort of bake the assistant in so that you could, um, you could have the assistant acting as a mesh into any of the different apps and p- retrieving bits and pieces from any one given app. Um, so to see that Amazon is trying to attempt to do this, uh, it would appear, um, and it would, it's interesting because it's, you know, if there is a way that they can circumvent, you know, like the gatekeepers, if you will, the OS providers, um, because I think there's a lot of interest for some a company, I, and I think there's it's no mistake that they chose TikTok, um, because I think there would be a lot of incentive on TikTok's, uh, you know, standpoint to make their, you know, I, I think of it as like, what if you could broadcast TikTok from your phone onto, um, you know, a smart speaker or, a, you know, a smart display or onto your smart TV, whatever that might be. And it becomes a, um, a, like a beaming device. Um, that's kind of interesting to me too. So I'm not totally sure what they're going to do with this, but everything about that to me seemed sort of um, like not fully baked, but I think that's because I think there's a whole lot more to come there. Yeah. What's interesting is the, uh, is the fact that, uh, the limitations, you know, the interaction has to begin on the phone in order for you to do take advantage of the deep links. I understand that, but it's also um, interesting that there there are limitations. You you'd need to have um, you know some Alexa enabled accessory that uses the um, Alexa mobile accessories kit, mm-hmm. um, and so. You know, so that that seems to be a number of limitations. Uh, you know, just recently, they had, uh, Amazon had, had announced that if you have your Alexa app open on iOS and Android, then you can do, um, you know, tap-free invocation, you know, to start Alexa and and use that, you know, I guess overriding your your default Siri and and Google Assistant functionality if the app mm-hmm. is open. Um, but I'm wondering if this currently works in that situation or if that's not there yet either. So uh, we're in this world where I definitely uh, see that using your phone and, and voice uh, controlling things on your phone or, you know, from your experience from your phone is, is an important. Um, and I think this is Amazon trying to figure out how, how to make yeah. that happen um, and, um, you know, and what steps they can take. To, to get that, uh, that, that use case buttoned up a little bit better. Well said. Okay. All right. So number two. All right. So number two, uh, this is uh, a situation where you're, you launch a, a voice app and uh, you know, your skill and you don't remember exactly what it's called. Um, so this is name free in, interaction. And the idea is that with your voice, you can start um, an Alexa skill by specifically saying launch, you know, soar uplift, for example. Um, Or you can say, you know, Alexa start soar uplift and play and then, you know, give a list of a playlist. So you can either launch the app or go right into an intent. Um, So what uh, name free uh, interaction does is allows you to find up to five phrases that that isn't your invocation name. So in this case, store uplift, right? 
um, it's something else like play uplifting music or uh, I want uh, I want sales content or you know, wh whatever it is then those things go into the mix for Amazon to help I guess determine which skill gets launched um, so it's I guess it's the closest thing that we have to SEO right now mm -hmm. I was would just be, thinking that would be starting these phrases of um, of what can I say uh, that would get me to that experience. Now, it's not exactly clear uh, from the documentation if this is in the case where I don't have, I don't know anything about the skill at all. Like it's the uh, Alexa, how do I order a pizza scenario? And then mm -hmm. it suggests, do you want to order Pizza Hut? Do you want to try Domino's? Um, I, I'm not sure if it's that situation or if it's the situation where you already have it enabled and you just want to get back to it again and you can't remember exactly what to say. So you say something close or you say the thing that, that comes to your mind and, and you know, hopefully it's, it's, you know, it's one of those things that, that you've specified as, as the you know, NFI you know, invocation and then you get to start it up anyway even though you didn't remember the exact name. So I don't know if it's either or or both and the documentation is not exactly clear. On, on that or where the edge cases are. Yeah, like this Very this important. one yeah. this one caught my attention too. And um, the first thing that went to my head was just like what you said was SEO because I was thinking to myself, okay, so if it's a related search, if you will, that is rather generic, um, you know, if it's a, a movie, let's say it's a movie review uh, type skill and there's a number of different movie reviews and I say, the generic, you know, phrase would be launch me mo a movie review, you know, skill or something like that. So you'd have maybe 20 different skill creators fighting over that uh, referral code or, if you, or that, you know, related mm -hmm. search. So I was curious, like, how does it determine, is it based on the enabled apps that you already have? So that would be the determining factor would be, okay, you want to launch a skill that's in this category and you've already enabled this one. So we'll launch this skill. Those were the questions I had was like, how does this work from, you know, how, like the delivery standpoint of determining which skill, is it a carousel? How does it work? Yeah, and that's that. That is, it's kind of like asking Google how they do. Their, <laughs> yeah, you know, right. How do I get number one on my Google rank? Right. Uh, so, yeah, the, not a lot of information on that. Um, so, you know, is it your your ranking or like your I guess your rating, your you know five star rating in um, in the uh, the skill store? Is it the number of reviews that you have? Is it uh, the number of invocations? Do they, you know, mm -hmm. does Amazon keep track of how many times people have invoked your skill? So, if you, so that's a higher if you candidate. Reach a, yeah, if you reach a five-star rating across X amount of reviews or something like that, you, you could fall into another premium. Yeah, it could be. And, and yeah, that so, goes to the idea of best practices kind of thing. Yeah, so, so, so you know, I think it's, it's definitely important to deliver a quality voice experience because mm -hmm. uh, – uh, and and live up to if you're if you're saying that you can handle this um, specific type, like in the case of you can specify a name-free interaction that's a that's an intent. So you say I can say you know, uh, play me uplifting content. So uplifting or uplifting audio or music, so something like that. So uplifting would be the type of thing that you're searching for. Mm -hmm. um, but it could also be sales content or entrepreneurship or you know whatever the category is. So it 
it needs to be something that you support. So it's interesting because uh, name-free interact, invo uh, invocation interaction is uh, something that you do at build time. It's something you define and you say, these are the things that I'm, I, I, I want to support. That pairs with something that's been out for years, which is uh, the can fulfill intent request. Right. Um, which is at the time that, the, that um, Alexa is trying to figure out which skill to choose from, it's gonna send out some, some stuff to some potential candidates. And depending on how you answer, it could pick you. So like if I get um, you know, something that's saying that, that the person's wanting sports content, then I can say, no, that's not something we do. You know? mm -hmm. um, so I can say, no, we don't do sports. And so then we're not included. Um, but there's also indications that if, if the user gets pointed towards your skill with a name-free in, uh, invocation, and the user then turns around and say, Alexa, stop and ends the skill, then that's going to put you down. It's, they're going to say, oh, this, in the end, this didn't really, yes. wasn't the voice experience the user was looking for. And so you need to be very careful in, in uh, providing, I guess, what you advertise you need to deliver on, right? If you say, I can do, fulfill this type of content, um, then, then you need to be able to to, to fulfill that. Well, that's actually a really interesting point because really the big um, byproduct of that could be that this is a mechanism to weed out uh, or, or, you know, I guess that's a negative way to position it, but uh, it's a good way to surface the best content. Yeah. Um, because those that, like you said, if it's derived from um, metrics like time elapsed, uh, you know, the percentage of time of the total skill, you know, 95% of people reached to the end of the skill or whatever. And, and therefore we're going to determine that that's a good positive metric that will add a little bit more weight to this. And I, you know, again, it goes back to kind of like the SEO thing where it's, uh, in some way, I think they have to feed the algorithm, uh, inputs into determining what gets selected. And so that's going to be a very interesting one to watch. I do agree with you there. Yeah, I definitely think that they're, they're monitoring a number of different stats. It could be session length. It could mm -hmm. be, you know, early termination, you know, there's, there's just a number of different things that they could, uh, monitor that would then indicate, uh, you know, that this is a better skill based on that, um, that invocation name or phrase. Um, so yeah, that's a lot to go there. There's also a few things, a few hints in the, the frequently asked questions that if you have things like permissions or other things, then they might steer you away or you, you might have to have that permission enabled in order for that to work. So then that kind of points towards, well, maybe there is a difference. Maybe it does help point you towards new skills and in other case, point you back to existing skills that you've enabled which is interesting if it points you back to existing skills that you've enabled based on the NFI that you select, then that becomes personalization. Now that becomes when I say this thing, then that's what I mean. Mm -hmm. And you can say something else and pick some other skill. That's your thing, which is, is something that Bixby's big on, right? So they have these uh, natural language categories, which you have to fulfill certain intents or actions um, based on whether it's weather or horoscope or, you know, whatever the different categories are, but then you can say, this is the default for me for this thing. Um, so I'm wondering if this is a slightly different way of doing that without making it so prescribed. I don't know. 
Yeah, I, I would totally agree with you. And actually, I think this is going to segue really nicely into number one, drum roll, please. I think I know what it's going to be, but go ahead. Alexa conversations. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. So as it's yeah. in beta. <laughs> so Alexa conversations is a whole other thing. Yeah, we'll have this, to have this a follow. It was actually like six on my list. Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, number one is quick links and yeah. custom task links. Um, so like we said before, uh, you can start a skill by uh, just saying the invocation name or now NFI and and launch it or you can you know go right into a specific intent by giving it more detail. That's exactly what quick links are. Quick links launches the app. You can use that today. No additional work needed for anything. You just construct a, a URL. Um, that you include what your skill ID is and it's got slash launch on the end and you can post that wherever. You can have it in your uh, social media, you can have it in uh, you know, your help documentation, on your website, wherever you want somebody to launch your skill from, then uh, just include that link. And what happens is when you click on the link, then it redirects you to a, a an intermediate page. Now, if you if you're not logged on to your Amazon account that's elect, that's associated with Alexa, then you're going to get a log on with Amazon um, dialog, so you can you know, enter your user ID and password. But then on this page, it gives you a little header at the top that shows you what the name of the skill is, the skill icon, its rating, a little information about it, and then it finds the um, Alexa devices that are connected. Uh, that you own um, associated with that account and you've got a button for each one of those or um, or a button to send a notification to all of your Alexa devices. Uh, and so you just tap one of those buttons and next thing you know, that device is talking to you saying, do you want to start this experience, um, this specific skill on, um, on this device? And it starts to run and you're off just as if you were to have said, you know, Alexa open, whatever your skill invocation name is. Yeah, I actually think this is a humongous deal for uh, the whole Alexa ecosystem. This would have been my number one too if I was power ranking them um, because I think that we've heard so much discussion around discoverability mm -hmm. um, and just this dilemma that, you know, how do you ever remember the invocation for 10, 20, 30, this idea where you're gonna have this ever increasing amount you don't have the skeuomorphic interface like you have with, you know, the mobile web and you have your apps and all that. Um, so you don't have these reminders of what app means what and all this. You got to just remember it. And I think this is massive for two reasons. Um, the first is the ability for marketers to effectively cross-channel market their skill. I think is just a total game changer from a marketing standpoint. Cause now you can think of whole campaigns that the whole purpose is to grow the, uh, the skill user base. Um, and so you have a social media campaign, you have digital marketing, Google, Google ads, banner images on websites. Um, you know, I can just see this becoming something where, um, you know, this is something where we'll see a lot of where, you get people to enable the skill. I think that's the big thing mm -hmm. because again, it goes back to what you were just saying about uh, number two being, you know, the referrals. Um, if it is something where it is kind of like uh, it's a system that's really largely dependent on what you've already enabled, 
but you can't necessarily remember it, but you know you have that movie skill that you enabled through the, you know, you have the Fandango skill or whatever that might be, um, but, you know, it's slipping your mind of how you invoke that. So then you can use this generic term um, and say, hey, launch my movie skill. And it's like, okay, I know that that's Fandango. And the reason that you were even enabling that in the first place was because of this really effective marketing campaign. So I think that this is a massive development for the third party ecosystem because I think now it solves a major problem where, you know, it's like, how do you get people to A, get signed up so that you can open the skill without having to enable it? Um, and then B, I think it gives them the opportunity if this whole referral network kind of becomes something where it's dependent on these, you know, suggested kind of, you know, affiliated searches. Yeah, no, I, I think, uh, you know, what you say, there's a lot uh, in there that just rings true because how do you get somebody in the skill for the very first time, right? You might run an ad campaign that's got a great graphic, you know, maybe it's Kung Fu Panda and you've got the new Kung Fu Panda skill and you just say, you know, Alexa, open Kung Fu Panda. Uh, that seems simple enough, um, but sometimes people just want to tap. It's, there's that extra security of I just tap this thing and I follow through the steps and, oh, now I'm here. You know, it's, uh, there are multiple steps because, you, you know, you do your one tap in and you might have to then log in and then you have to tap which device you want to go to. And then, you know, you start getting the... the the voice interaction, but for for new users that especially that are new to this idea of skills and want to be you know, their hand held a little bit more, it's kind of scary just to say something and you know like it, to see if it works or not. But to be able to you know they're used to tapping. People are used to touching a button. Um, I can even see this is just something that occurred to me is you know what if I were to take one of the the quick links and then save that. Um, as an icon on my you know, mobile phone. So I'm, I'm already in there and I've got some sort of an app and I just want to like tap that and then all of a sudden now it's, uh, it's going to allow me to, to open that up on a, another device. Um, so it's, uh, there's lots of different things that you can do uh, with that. Um, so just love the idea of quick links and lots of different things going on. Now, so we talked about quick links and I just want to give a little bit more detail on custom task links. So custom task links, um, that gets you into a specific intent. Um, now, like I said before, quick links, you don't have to do anything. You just have to create mm -hmm. this special um, web link um, and pass it around. No new code, no sign up for any preview. You can just do that today. In fact, if you have an existing skill, I encourage you to go out there, create your URL, and start posting it on social media. Include me on it, uh, Mark Tucker, and I'll I'll click on your skill. I'll I'll go try it out. Cool. Um, so, um, custom links is is going to take a little bit more work. So the idea is that now you can have additional. You can say I want to do a specific thing when I click that. Um, so that would be like saying a specific intent, like play, you know, a specific playlist maybe. And then you can pass information along with that, like the name of the playlist or something. So that's interesting too. If you've got a website or a mobile app that gives you down into details, then you could provide um, custom task links at various places all through your mobile app or on your website that you could you say, I'm in this experience, I'm here, I'm doing something, but now I can, I want to go to this exact spot in my voice experience. Yep. Um, 
it's very similar. It's going to open up that intermediate page. Um, you'll actually get to see the list of values that get that's going to get passed on um, to your skill, and you can select which um, device you want it to go to. And what's interesting about that is then you can start it at that exact spot. Yes. Um, and um, and and you don't have you know you don't you don't have to, but it's a you're you're not presented with the the typical launch welcome okay what do i do now mm -hmm. it it gets you there quicker and you're immediately doing the thing that you wanted to do yeah so think about you know how that might if you have a, have a game and you want to get to an exact spot inside mm -hmm. of a game uh, know, maybe you can do something clever with like save points in a game and then and text that out and so then when you can, then you can get right back into that exact spot in the game when you go back there's just lots of different things that you can do um, or even like a shared experience, like maybe, right. maybe you're doing something and you want to share that with a friend. So maybe you can get that custom task link that. and share that with somebody else. And now they can get right to that same spot where you were or something. So, yeah, um, lots that can, can do. And I haven't, I haven't even unwrapped the last for a little part. There's a special, um, value that you can pass in that custom task link, which, it seems like from what my understanding is, is something that uh, Amazon has given meaning. So what happens is it doesn't show to the user and it can be whatever text that you want, but it goes to that, that campaign. I'm on you know, campaign one and on Twitter, and that could be in that, that text that you send as part of that value. And so then that is, that's how you're gonna do um, you're tracking your marketing campaigns and it seems like that there are there's going to be um, analytics so that you can see that your skill was launched by somebody saying uh, you know starting at the normal voice invocation way or you can then start seeing this these strings that you've placed all over different you know social media sites or whatever come up and so then you can start seeing that I have 50 people that got here because of this uh, Facebook you know uh, Facebook ad or or wherever that you're coming from. Yeah, I mean, there my my mind is going a million directions right now because I'm thinking like the really killer thing here could be media. Um, so think about uh, like Food Network Kitchen. Okay, mm -hmm. so think about it if it's you know given what you said about the custom skills, right? You can target them to a specific destination, and it asks you which device do you want to broadcast this to. So think about if you had say a Twitter stream that is nothing but different clips. Um, but instead of video clips, what you're trying to do is you're trying to use Twitter as a source to identify the Food Network video that you want to broadcast onto your voice-enabled device. So you then Ooh, say, yeah. you know, okay, so here's a live cooking video that Gianna's hosting right now. Or, you know, Bobby Flay is going to show me in four minutes how to, you know, like do a pot roast. Um, would you like to watch that? Yeah, I would. And instead of taking me to YouTube, what I actually want is I want it up on my Google Assistant, or I'm sorry, on my um, Alexa show. And I want to be able to see, you know, with that functionality where I can talk to it. Um, I look at this as like, whoa, this could be a really interesting way that you could start to, particularly for the reason I'm using media as an example is because you think about, about that as little individual pieces of content in the, you know, the broad suite of whatever, you know, content host that is. So mm -hmm. you could think of it with the BBC could do it with 
you know, different news clips. So you could like say, I want to take this from my phone and I want to rebroadcast it out through that Alexa quick link, you know, so I'm just going to tap once on my phone and instead of clicking like I would to go into YouTube, I'm clicking and I'm saying, play it on my echo show. I just think that's like, whoa, now we're talking about getting people in places where there's high attention, like Twitter, like Instagram, like these places where you can now paste that link in there. Um, and if they're nearby, especially these smart displays or smart TVs, it just seems like uh, Bamboo Learning is another good one where, you know, you could quickly just be like, I want to go and I want to find a couple good lessons for my kid for today. Here are going to be the three that I do. I, it's like now you're being able to take a lot of the really great, you know, uh, functionality from the mobile world. But then you're able to, it's sort of, I think the quick link is uh, in a lot of ways, it's a, almost like a bridge that you can use to span the mobile world into the voice world in a pretty seamless way. And it allows you to designate like I want it onto this device or I want it on this device. And it's, I love this whole custom piece where you don't necessarily have to go in the front door of the, of the skill. You can go in the side door so that you're just accessing this one five minute video. I don't have to navigate or anything. And then now it's suddenly like, now you're getting people comfortable with this idea of, ah, that's why I should have, you know, this Alexa show in my kitchen is this thing's a really powerful device that I can yeah. quickly throw things from my phone through these Alexa links onto my device without having to necessarily invoke it and search it in that way. It, I just think it opens the door to a whole lot broader type of usage. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and imagine you're watching something um, on some video player and I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know that that would be YouTube, but uh, let's say mm -hmm. that, you know, some future video player allows you to say at this point in time, you're like, I really like the content from this part to this part. And so, you know, tap, and then when it gets to the, to the end, tap, and then all of a sudden that becomes a quick link, mm -hmm. that start and stop timestamp, and then that gets uploaded to content. So then now, totally, car, I, I totally get what you're saying. That's, right. And that's I can exactly say, where this could go. you know, um, listen to my favorite or the, you know, the things that I've, that I've saved. Right. And then now it just is, is grabbing that clip where you can share that with somebody else. Right. And so now they're listening to their device and they can listen to just that exact that clip or you know with their screen device watch that video from that section to that other section uh, uh, if this evolves into user generated oh, clips yeah. holy cow that is then this is a whole different story i mean then we're talking about like you said where you're having people share out on their own specific aspects within these you know and that's part of the I think the broader story too is that the skills really are becoming more complex. They're like being enabled to do a whole lot of new, really cool, complex things. But again, it's a chicken or an egg thing where it's like, do I want to put in this time and effort to building out this really complex skill when at the end of the day, I have all this trouble to get people to, you know, I think that might be yeah. the marketer's dilemma. And so if you can appease that sense you have a lot of the tech, the technical things like we've kind of talked about for the first four that are, you know, a lot of the minutia that's getting solved. Now you're starting to see like, okay, it's worth it on the technical side because it's feasible to build these cool, complex things. And then now you're seeing, I think on the marketing side, this is actually, it's, it's conducive to being able to be shared and accessed in a whole lot of different ways. Yeah. And this is the first time you could, do some things and there were companies that were out there that were 
trying to say if I if I start from this link on my you know Facebook page, um, then does you know does that equate into somebody actually enabling and then invoking the skill? Um, and there's just you know there was some guesswork in there. And for the first time ever, now we can know exactly that it, it went from this location or this, you know, this ad, and you actually invoked the skill and you can start keeping track of those things. So that's, that's just the whole world of possibilities. You know, once again, you know, from, from a developer perspective, that's an interesting to me. Yeah. Uh, but then from a marketing perspective, that is just a, a missing piece that is, uh, that has just been put in that puzzle. Yeah, I totally agree. I, I, I love that we closed with this one because uh, it, it really is the type of thing where it's a, I think it's a, a very landmark moment. And I know Google Actions, um, at Google Action Links exist too. Um, so I, it's important to recognize that. I don't know what uh, the Bixby ecosystem's like in, in regards to this, but I think that this has been something that's been a really um, a desperately needed aspect to this because I think that uh, we as voice enthusiasts, we're all adamant that this is the, there's a whole lot of potential here, but I think this can help to kind of cross the gap into um, people that are interested in these devices as a whole, but I don't know, like the data is pretty uh, indicative that the third party ecosystem isn't really being tapped into in the way that I think a lot of us feel it could be. And it's these types of things that I think are going to be what propels it into more mainstream usage. Yeah. And you know, your skill doesn't have to make money. That's the, it just has to provide value in some way. Mm -hmm. And in, in some cases that might be monetary that, you know, especially if you're an individual dev, you know, an indie or a small business that are, that's creating these voice experiences uh, for monetization, that's important. Um, but also providing value and how are you going to prove that that value has happened? And so that might be number of people that are looking at your content. It might be a better user experience, but without knowing the, you know the, the numbers of people um, that that are using it or have actually in, invoked it mm -hmm. um, based on some other criteria like where like a, a specifically an ad campaign then uh, it's hard to prove that that uh, yeah and I that think works. that um, you know I think what's cool about this too is that uh, you know this I could just see you know, in conjunction with a lot of the no code movement that's happening where you have platforms like VoiceFlow that are super approachable, myself without a developing background, I'm able to go in there and I can build a skill on my own. Um, and so you have that in like the piece that you mentioned about small businesses. I think like that's a really good point where what you now could start to open up is very similar to the web where the web started to become democratized to where people were able, like any company, you know, it got to the point where virtually anybody could build a website through a WordPress or a Squarespace, whatever that might be. And I think that like this speaks to, I feel like some serious momentum here where you get buy-in from, you know, it's not just these big companies that are the ones that are building the skills. It's small companies too, that might just want to be doing it for, like uh, my company here, I could see us building a skill where it's, you know, all about just like 
the news of the week. Like, here's what are our specials for the week kind of thing. A restaurant could do that too, you know, Mm -hmm. any kind of store could do that. Um, And you could put that, you know, that quick link, you could make it something where it's, uh, you know, real frequently shared on your social channels. Um, You might want to do the custom one to where it's a certain aspect within it. If it's a few faceted type thing, you could put it in your email signature. You know, I'm just thinking like, this is the kind of thing now where I feel like a lot of people and I feel like in our, in the, in the voice industry, we've been talking a lot about how like now is the time. And we think that this is something that um, you want to get on the eight ball here. And I feel like now that you're seeing kind of the combination of these two things, the ease of use and building the thing. And then also now the accessibility to get in and out of the skill and enable it and being able to access it. um, I think that's a really potent combination that could really start to, pick up some momentum here. Cause to your point, it's not all about just like revenue generating skills. It's also in the same vein of like why you would have a website is that you want to have something that people, when they search you on their Alexa device or Google or Samsung, that something appears and that you can be the one that's populating that. I think that's really powerful. Yeah, no, I think, uh, I think there's a lot of good things. Um, you know, definitely now as a developer, I want to jump in and get to the details and figure out what the current limitations are and why right. that, that is and, and stuff. But uh, there, there's a lot that has, has been given uh, to us just this, this week that's going to you know, generate lots of new ideas and things that couldn't be done before um, just you know, based off of this current release of uh, features. Could not agree with you more. Well, Mark, thank you so much for taking the time here, breaking down your top five, uh, you know, most exciting announcements coming from the uh, Alexa Live 2020 event. This has been great catching up with you. Thanks for everybody who tuned in here to the end, and we will chat with you next time. Cheers. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Future Ear Radio. For more content like this, just head over to futureear.co where you can read all the articles that I've been writing these past few years on the worlds of voice technology and hearables and how the two are beginning to intersect. Thanks for tuning in and I'll chat with you next time.